48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Beijing strips four pan-Democrats of their LegCo seats. The remaining 15 pandems resign in protest. And while prime government forces back the move, the opposition says the disqualifications mark the end of one country, two systems. China's top legislative body has stripped four pan-Democrats of their LegCo seats, effective immediately. Alvin Young, Dennis Kwok, Kwok Kaki and Kenneth Leung were disqualified based on earlier decisions by local election officials who had barred them from seeking re-election on the grounds that they couldn't uphold the basic law or honour a pledge of allegiance to the SAR. The government announced the disqualifications but made clear that Beijing had pulled the trigger. Richard Pine reports. The National People's Congress Standing Committee had, in August, extended LegCo's term for at least one more year after September's polls were cancelled. They didn't deal with the four pan-Democrats then, but they have now. The body decided in a meeting in Beijing that any Hong Kong legislators who have been determined by law to have failed to uphold the basic law or honour their pledge of allegiance should lose their seats. Chief Executive Carrie Lam later told a press conference that this legal determination has already been made by local election officials who barred the four from running for re-election. Mrs Lam said the government had asked Beijing for guidance after the four resumed their roles in the extended legislature. We need to find a way out, so to speak, because we could not allow members of the Legislative Council who have been judged in accordance with the law that they could not fulfill the requirement and the prerequisites for serving on the Legislative Council to continue to operate in the Legislative Council. Pressed on exactly what law the legislators were disqualified under, Mrs Lam didn't give any specifics, only saying that the power rests with Beijing, since it was the NPCSC that decided to extend LegCo's term in the first place. All remaining 15 pan-Democrats have said they will resign en masse in protest at Beijing's decision. But Mrs Lam dismissed suggestions that LegCo will be left without any opposition or become a rubber stamp. Each member of a legislative council has to account for his or her actions to the constituents. And uh, there are many occasions that even amongst the so-called pro-establishment members that our proposals did not get through. So I clearly will say that it is unfair to the pro-establishment members that once the 90 members left the Legislative Council, then they will become a rubber stem of the Hong Kong SAR government. The MPCSC decision also states that anyone who supports Hong Kong independence, enlists foreign interference in local affairs, or commits any acts that endanger national security would be deemed as being incapable of upholding the basic law. The chief executive suggested that more public officers, such as district councillors, could be disqualified in future, saying decisions will be made in due course. All 15 remaining pan-Democrats say they will resign en masse in protest, giving the pro-establishment camp free reign in the council. Cecil Wong with that story. Air oil. oil. We stand for Hong Kong. The 15 remaining pan-democratic lawmakers say they are resigning, making good on their pledge to quit the legislature if Beijing ousted any members of their camp. The camp's convener, Wu Shiwai, says the disqualifications are extremely ridiculous. Today, we will resign from our position because our partners, our colleagues, are being disqualified by the central government's ruthless move, and they found no reason at all 
to disqualify our colleagues. He added that the central governments had completely given up on the basic law and one country, two systems. And he said they had fundamentally destroyed Hong Kong's separation of powers. According to the basic law, there are separation of power in the, under the uh, stipulation of the basic law. But today, the decision made by the central government simply say that all the separation of power will be taken away and all the power will be centralized in the chief executive. Of course, chief executive is the puppet of the central government. So as a result, the, that is the basic argument why we say the, that it, today is the end of the one country two system. Mr. Wu said the pandemic will formally hand in their resignations tomorrow to LegCo President Andrew Leung. Beijing officials have defended the MPCSC's decision. The Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office issued a statement saying it has unchallengeable legal authority. The liaison office, meanwhile, said the political rule that Hong Kong must be governed by patriots shall be firmly guarded. You're listening to RTHK. The time is exactly five minutes past 11. British Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab has criticised Beijing's decision to oust the four pro-democracy lawmakers, calling it a further assault on Hong Kong's high degree of autonomy and freedoms. In a statement, he said, quote, This campaign to harass, stifle and disqualify democratic opposition tarnishes China's international reputation and undermines Hong Kong's long-term stability, unquote. Former Governor Chris Patton also weighed in, saying the decision is yet another example of the Chinese Communist Party trampling on what is left of democracy in Hong Kong. Pro-government parties supported Beijing's decision to disqualify the four pro-democracy lawmakers, saying it would help restore order in LegCo. The DAB says the move would safeguard national sovereignty. And the convener of the pro-Beijing camp, Martin Liao, says pro-establishment councillors could now focus on monitoring the government without having to deal with any disruption from the pan-democrats. We've been wasting a lot of time dealing with the filibustering of the pandemics. If the atmosphere in LegCo can be more quiet, I think the establishment parties and groups and members can really monitor and look into the government policy and legislation a lot more carefully and more critical about it. Asked about the imminent departure of the pan-democrats, LegCo President Andrew Leung dismissed concerns that the legislature would become a rubber stamp. Do you think the pro-government camp is one party? They have a lot more different voices. I might, you know, fear that, you know, uh, without, you know, the pandemics, I think, you know, uh, we, have, we might have more opposition from the pro-government camp than anyone. Beijing's new decision is not limited to just the four newly disqualified legislators. It makes clear that anyone found unable to honour their oath of allegiance or uphold the basic law shall be disqualified from public office. But District Councillor Lester Shum, who was banned from running in the scrapped 2020 LegCo polls, says he's not going to worry about Beijing stripping him of his position. There's nothing to worry about. It's not because I'm confident that I won't be unseated from my district council seat, but because basically the government and the Beijing government can do whatever they want towards the opposition camp. So that if the government want to unseat us, they will create some means to disqualify us. At this moment, I will just do my job and fulfill my duty. To other news now, and Hong Kong reported 18 new COVID-19 cases today. Three were untraceable local cases and the rest imported. 
The Centre for Health Protection's Dr Trung Shok Kwan said one of the local cases was a 23-year-old female Baptist University student who went on a staycation in North Point. She also went to Taekwondo practice in Shamjuri Po, Cheung Sa Wan, Fortress Hill and Wong Chuk Hung. She also ate at a vegetarian restaurant in Shamshuri Pol and went for a facial in Tun Moon. Dr Chuang said it was difficult to establish which activities were high risk given that she took part in so many during the incubation period. It's very difficult to pinpoint uh, which activity is high risk because um, if there is a um, without mass gatherings, uh, um, for example, staycation or meals together or Taekwondo because they are physical activities. Um, if when any of her contact is a silent carrier or case, he may get infected. So it's very difficult to pinpoint which one. Dr. Chuang also confirmed that four taxi drivers and one rehabilitation bus driver tested preliminary positive for the virus. We did find uh, quite a number of taxi drivers during the beginning and the mid uh, of the third wave. But recently I understand the testing rate, uh, I mean the detection rate was zero. But coupled with the few cases in the community, uh, we think that the situation is a bit worrying because we are finding some more cases with unlinked in various districts in Hong Kong and also together with this taxi driver who will go to many places in Hong Kong. So the situation is a bit worrying. Officials have announced that a long-awaited travel bubble between Hong Kong and Singapore will launch on November the 22nd, with up to 200 people able to travel in either direction each day without the need to be quarantined on arrival. Natalie Ching has more. For the first two weeks from November 22nd, there will be one designated flight a day going each way, each carrying a maximum of 200 passengers. Those taking advantage of the travel bubble will need to take a minimum of two COVID-19 tests, and they can't have been anywhere other than Hong Kong or Singapore in the past two weeks. The first test needs to be taken up to 72 hours before departure. The Commerce and Economic Development Secretary Edward Yao says Hong Kong residents could get the test for $240 at various community testing centers. And as long as they return to Hong Kong within those 72 hours, they won't need another COVID-19 test in Singapore. Mr. Yao says a test in the city-state could cost around $1,200. Travelers will need to download an app while in Singapore, so they can be traced by the country's authorities. Mr. Yao says that upon arrival in Hong Kong, returning residents and visitors from Singapore will need to pay $499 for another test and wait four hours for the results. The government has also announced that Hong Kong people coming from Guangdong province and Macau will be exempted from quarantine starting from the 23rd of November. The Director of Special Duties at the Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Bureau, Tommy Yun, said this number would be restricted to 5,000 per day. People must apply online and test negative for the coronavirus. He said the quota could be lifted later. Having a quota there is simply because of our wish to ensure that the boundary control points are handled or are operated in an orderly manner without overcrowding and without increasing the uh, health or exposure risk in that area. So once the operation of this scheme is smooth and in place, technically, if the boundary control points are sort of smooth sailed all around, There is no need for any quota at all. 
Health Secretary Sophia Chen has also announced tighter coronavirus restrictions as the global situation worsens. She says that from Friday, travellers flying into Hong Kong, apart from those coming from the mainland, must quarantine at a hotel for 14 days. The rules currently only apply to people coming from 15 high-risk countries. Russia says that initial data from late-stage trials of a new coronavirus vaccine, Sputnik V, indicates that it has a 92% efficacy. It comes days after a vaccine developed by Pfizer and BioNTech was reported to be 90% effective. From Moscow, the BBC's Sarah Rainsford reports. The data here hasn't yet been reviewed by outside analysts and there's lingering scepticism about Sputnik V ever since Russia declared it the world's first registered vaccine back in August before mass trials had even begun. The development team states 16,000 volunteers have since had both injections though 21 days apart and only a handful went on to catch the virus. They also report no significant side effects and say the full results will be made public at the end of the trials. The French Foreign Ministry says there's been a bomb attack in the city of Jeddah in Saudi Arabia at a Remembrance Day ceremony attended by foreign diplomats. Several people have been wounded. Saudi state television has confirmed that an incident has taken place but says the situation is stable. Sports news now. The Hong Kong swimmer Siobhan Hohe continues to dominate the International Swimming League in Budapest where she's broken her own Asian record for the second time this month. Atom Chung has details. Competing for the reigning champion energy standard team, Hong Kong's Siobhan Hawhey went into the 200 meters freestyle as the favorite. Her time of 1 minute 51.19 was more than two and a half seconds faster than her nearest competitor. And it was also 23 hundredths of a second faster than her previous best, setting a new Asian record and became the fourth fastest time in history. The 23-year-old has broken an Asian record six times in almost a month of competition in the ISL. She's done it three times in both the 100 freestyle and the 200. After her win in the 200 meters, Hahi also anchored the 4 by 100 meters mixed freestyle relay team to victory. Her energy standard team are now into the semifinals of the ISL, a competition that pits 10 professional swimming teams against each other in a series of matches. All the events in Budapest are being held behind closed doors because of the coronavirus pandemic. Organizers are hopeful the ISL's grand final will be able to go ahead in the Olympic host city of Tokyo before Christmas. Atom Cheung reporting. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Beijing strips four pan-democrats of their LegCo seats. The remaining 15 pandems resign in protest. And while pro-government forces back the move, the opposition says the disqualifications mark the end of one country, two systems. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 it's time now to look at stories covered in this evening's Newswrap programme. The pro-establishment camp has dismissed concerns that the departure of all the remaining pan-democrats would turn the Legislative Council into a rubber stamp, insisting there's plenty of opposition even among themselves. Fifteen pandems announced their resignations hours after Beijing disqualified four of their colleagues, saying they were unable to uphold the basic law or honour their oaths of allegiance. But New People's Party Chair Regina Yip says LegCo won't become just an acquiescent tool for the government. She spoke to Jim Gould. In so 
many of us also oppose the government on many issues. The Liberal Party opposes the government on the municipal solid waste charging scheme, banning of e-cigarettes and heat not burn cigarettes. I have not decided to support the government on tomorrow Lantau. So I think there's plenty of opposition voices in the legislature after the pandemic have left. Mm. Uh, obviously, filibustering by the uh, pandems uh, uh, was a major concern for the authorities. But what do you think LegCo business will be like in future? I, I think it would be a good thing to have um, to be rid of these uh, regular ringing of quorum bells. You know, eighty times in in four weeks, obstruction of uh, LegCo business. The Pandems have been voting against practically all most government proposals, including the three tranche of anti-epidemic funds. You know, they have been adopting highly rigid uh, positions to oppose the government. You know, uh, which does not make sense. Now, this news obviously will go around the world, uh, perhaps uh, reported from sometimes a simplistic perspective. But uh, what, what's it going to mean for the reputation of the council and for Hong Kong in general? I'm sure Beijing authorities and the Hong Kong government has taken all this uh, negative overseas publicity media reporting to account before coming to this decision. I think we will simply have to bite the bullet and let, let time, time will tell that this, is a, this was the right decision to take. The uh, four uh, disqualified councillors, uh, Dennis Kwok, Kwok, Kwok Haki, uh, Alvin Young, and Kenneth Leung, um, it did seem a bit odd that they were allowed to remain uh, in the council after they'd been disqualified from standing in the elections in September, which were subsequently uh, postponed. Um, what do you think about that? Um, this is precisely why I think the NPCSC uh, needed to take a further decision. This is one of the loose ends to be tied up because in the, on, on the uh, 11 August decision, the NPCSC only uh, decided that the six-term legislators could continue to carry out their duties. And the, seventh, the term of office of the seventh term would remain four years. It did not deal with the question of the legislators who were disqualified under the Hong Kong laws and the Basic Law 104. So I think they have to deal with this issue. That's why the chief executive put up a request and the NPCSE ruled accordingly. Now, as a, a pro-establishment figure, um, what do you think the future now holds uh, for the democratic movement? I think they have to, they cannot be just Democrats in name. They have to not only embrace true democratic values in the sense of respecting the rule of law and the rights of other people uh, with whom they disagree. They also have to respect the sovereignty, security of our country. What they have been doing in the, the past years have been opposing anything to do with the nation whether it's national security, national education, national anthem, co-location, anything to do with integration with the nation. They have been opposing, and they have been calling the coronavirus, Wuhan virus, to stigmatize our country. You know, Hong Kong being part of China, this sort of position is not viable. 
just uh, thinking about the functional const- constituencies then um, uh, I mean in, in the coming months uh, the legal sector accountancy education are not going to be represented in the council what's that going to mean they can continue to make representations to us you know at all our panels bills committee they can make written submissions they can send deputations if our coronavirus situation permits that I think we will be happy to receive them. Political analyst Maan Gok says the disqualification of the four pro-democracy legislators has been very arbitrary and that it appears Beijing can now remove anyone it doesn't like from LegCo. Professor Ma says the latest move is quite different from past disqualifications which went through judicial proceedings in Hong Kong. He spoke to Anna-Marie Evans. I think it is kind of qualitatively different from the past disqualifications because this is it, the past disqualifications actually at, at least went through the uh, court process. And then this time it is the MPCSD uh, directly handing down directives uh, to disqualify four elected councillors. So it means that actually uh, in the future, actually the Beijing can do whatever they want to disqualify elected uh, legislators in Hong Kong. So it makes uh, the opposition councillors, I think, very difficult in terms of uh, what they can do in the future. And of course, uh, uh, what they can do phasing up the electrical election next year. Yeah, I was going to say, what does this mean for future elections? I think it is uh, actually the Beijing can set whatever red line it can to, uh, say, uh, forbid candidates from running. They can easily set political standards. And then, and then the, those, those standards can be retroactive because I think before uh, 2020 or uh, before uh, August, uh, I think nobody actually, there was no law in Hong Kong which uh, forbid people from running into in the legislative council if they had so-called invited foreign uh, collaboration. But now it seems that uh, it is possible for Beijing and the Hong Kong government to set up new rules and then disqualify uh, legislators uh, retroactively. So, so the, actually the, the boundary is very loose. It seems that the whole process is very arbitrary. So are we now returning to an appointment system? Well, I wouldn't say so, because in theory it still goes to the uh, so-called electoral process. But actually, I think it will be, uh, I think it opens the door for Beijing to actually uh, uh, disqualify the legislators at will. And then so it makes it very difficult for the op- opposition councillors. So, so what, in terms of what kind of political positions they, they can take. Now, if the pan-Democrats elect to resign en masse, uh, which they possibly said they would do, uh, what do you think of Carrie's statement saying that if they go, uh, LegCo still isn't a rubber stamp? I would say uh, even if they don't uh, resign on block, uh, it, it is already a rubber stamp because I don't see, uh, I, it seems that actually uh, any kind of that dissent is not actually allowed, uh, both in the legislative chamber and on the streets. Uh, so uh, it all, I think it's that Hong Kong's occasion uh, as a free city. And also, uh, I think it doesn't help the government's legitimacy and the logical legitimacy in the future. Yes, because, I mean, it's, it, we now have a situation where the government is not democratically elected but can disqualify people who are. Yeah, you can disqualify any uh, elected uh, uh, pro-democracy opposition members uh, as you like. So, so I think that, I think, reflects very badly on the image of the Hong Kong legislative process. So how do you see LegCo moving in the future? 
I don't know. It, it, it may go back to a kind of professional legislature like in 1987, at least for the time being. And I, I think the opposition parties and the legislators uh, or candidates uh, need to talk uh, about how they should face up to the upcoming legislative council election if there is one. The youngest French resistance hero to die during the Second World War is being honoured today in France. Marcel Pant was just six years old when he was killed by friendly fire in the Limoges area. His name is being added to a monument commemorating those who died. The BBC's Lucy Williamson has this report. Ici Londres. Veuillez écouter tout d'abord quelques messages personnels. It's 1944, and inside his family's farmhouse near Limoges, Marcel Pant and his family listen regularly for coded messages like these, broadcast by the BBC. Marcel is six years old, the youngest son of the local resistance commander. My grandmother described him as an extremely happy, intelligent and brilliant brother, sparkling with mischief. Alexander Bremot is Marcel's great-nephew and has been piecing together his short and dramatic life. How the boy would laugh as the clandestine radio operator working from the family dining room would pretend to swallow the cyanide pill he carried. And how Marcel himself became part of the local resistance, nicknamed Cancan, the little kid. Marcel Pant was a liaison agent. He carried messages to the surrounding farms. He was part of the chain of transmission. Many women and children during the war took on this role of communication agent, carrying messages. They were perhaps a little forgotten by the resistance, and their role was not always recognised. Marcel Pant was six years old when he died. He was waiting in a field with the rest of the unit under cover of darkness for British planes to drop supplies when one of their own Sten guns went off unexpectedly. Marcel was hit several times. His death certificate was faked to keep the unit's existence secret. The British paid homage to him, Alexander says, by dropping their next batch of supplies from parachutes made from black canvas. I would like you to know how impressed I am to speak on the BBC at the moment. I am thinking of my family who used to listen to your channel during the war. You embodied all our hopes. Marcel's name will appear on a local monument to France's war dead, frozen forever as the boy whose face peers out from under a beret in an old black and white photograph, chubby cheeks framing his solemn face. Now to our annual charity drive, Operation Santa Claus. And with this year being tough on so many, our charity beneficiaries need more support than ever before. One of them is the Home of Loving Faithfulness. Radio 3's Cruz McCalligan spoke to its superintendent, Gretchen Ryan. Home of Loving Faithfulness uh, was founded over 55 years ago in Hong Kong by two British missionaries. Two British single women that came to Hong Kong in their 20s found that there were children that had severe special needs, but the family were unable to care for them and they were in desperate need. So it is a, a lifetime home for those with a severe special needs and it is a loving, happy, joy-filled place. At the moment we have 16 residents that range in age from 8 to 64. We have space for many more. 
You know, in Hong Kong, most of the child care institutions, um, every everyone is able to be there for a certain stage of their life, and then they have to move to the next home uh, for the next stage of their life. But the unique gift of the Home of Loving Faithfulness is that it is a lifetime home. So we had a little eight-year-old boy that arrived this past year uh, and is going to be able to grow up there and live here for a lifetime. Uh, it feels like a home because it's actually a house. Then we've set it up to be homey and warm, and there's a dining room and there's a living room, and uh, each of the residents, the family residents, have bedrooms. One of the gifts of Holf is the way in which they care for each of the family. So it begins very early in the morning, but it's all about bathing. And it's all about being refreshed, and it's all about caring for the body. And these are people who are in wheelchairs and um, are unable to move on their own. So there's a whole lot around caring for the physical body. And then it's about music, and it's music playing, and it's people laughing. And although the family residents, majority of them, do not have any language, and and they're, it's very quiet in that regard, there's always laughter and music. We've just been licensed by the Social Welfare Department. That was really necessary. In the past, we've been licensed under the Department of Health, but we didn't really fit under that licensing. Now we're under Social Welfare Department. We can now receive referrals of children, children and adults that need a home like the Home of Loving Faithfulness. So the funding will help us continue to uh, re-engineer our buildings, which are very old. Some of them are newer, but we need to re-engineer. So I think in a city like Hong Kong, there are families that have an adult child with severe special needs, and that family is desperate for help. And there is a long wait list in Hong Kong for residential placement. Families can be on that wait list for 10 to 15 years, and they become desperate. So Hope is actually offering a home for a lifetime for that adult child with special needs, and they're also offering a home for the aging parent. So it's it's a complete, it's like holistic. It's like one big family from children to adults. Hong Kong desperately needs this. Hong Kong is in a desperate place of providing for those families and giving them hope and for them to know that they're not alone. Family is that gift that lasts forever. And that was Superintendent Gretchen Ryan from Home of Loving Faithfulness, one of this year's Operation Santa Claus beneficiaries. If you'd like to make a donation, please visit our Radio 3 website or osc.scmp.com. Those stories were part of the Newswrap programme, which was broadcast on RTHK earlier this evening. Holders of a valid Hong Kong identity card will get $2,000 worth of elderly healthcare vouchers each year, starting from January the 1st of the year in which they turn 65. Unspent vouchers can be accumulated up to $8,000. Apart from treatment and rehabilitation services, the vouchers can be used for preventive care services, such as health assessments and dental checkups. For details, visit hcv.gov.hk. Live across Hong Kong, this is Radio 3. January to December, we'll have moments to remember. 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 This is it. The moment you've been waiting for. Our kind of music, nostalgia. From now until 1 a.m., yours truly, Ray Cordero.
It was a genius at the piano, Liberace, and of course, the song we all know so well. It was fascination, I know. Let's welcome Perry Como now with one of our favorite songs. Surrender. 